If you've been listening to Cold Weather Bats over the last two seasons, then you know about Prospect Center. If you're a baseball player trying to get better, this is the spot for you. Located in Clinton Township off of Hall Road, Prospect Center is a training facility specific to baseball that is available to all levels of ball players and teams. Their mission is to help develop baseball players into not only great teammates, but great players, along with preparing them to be ready for whichever level they are striving to get to, whether that's high school baseball, college baseball, and even the pros. Owners Nick Capaferi and Mike Rice are former summer ball teammates and former college baseball players, and they've developed a program based on your needs and their past experiences. Mike the director of baseball operations, is the current head coach at Cardinal Mooney High School. They're currently on a run of back-to-back regional championships with one state finals appearance in 2021. On top of that, Mike Rice also coaches in the USPBL, a professional baseball organization in Utica, Michigan that plays at Jimmy John's Field. Prospect Center's sole goal is to help their Detroit Prospects travel program get to the next level. They have a ton of relationships with college programs and a very high success rate of getting those players into college programs. If you have any questions, or needs regarding Prospect Center, shoot Mike Rice a DM on Twitter at MikeRice02. Again, that is Prospect Center in Clinton Township. Welcome to Cold Weather Bats. This is Brandon Justice, Brian Sikowski on the other side per usual. And this week is a bit of a special-ish week. I don't know if I would use the term special, but it's definitely a, a different week in that this show is probably got some people with some certain opinions about a certain someone who hosts the show and it's not brian um so it could be yell, it could be brian yeah, yeah but it is probably not specifically brian as it as it pertains to this week's activity on the socials uh well anyway back to what we were talking about so st mary's lost orchard lake st mary's lost that's the elephant in the room and they lost to Liggett, and they lost twice in the same day and I tweeted and people were upset about said tweet. And so this is the time to address it and just get it out of the way. And then we'll never have to talk about it again. Everyone can just go on with their lives and go back to baseball. Um, so Liggett won the game and it was not a coach, nor was it a player. It was, I would assume, I don't know. I would assume it was an administrator, whoever runs the Liggett sports account. Uh, decided to tweet a video of St. Mary's players with a caption that was kind of just targeting them for their streak ending and like Liggett snapping the streak. And, and it was just one of those things where it was like entirely about St. Mary's, nothing to do with Liggett's players and nothing to do with Liggett pretty much at all, just everything to do with St. Mary's. And then it was a video of a bunch of teenagers and just in bad taste, in my opinion in my opinion. Um, and I made my opinion about that very clear by replying to the tweet and asking the account holder, you know, what was the point of this tweet when it seemed like a really good opportunity to put your kids on the platform and the kids who actually went out there and worked for it, earned it and beat a team that nobody's beaten, uh, since the beginning of time. And so I had that opinion where things kind of went wrong was that before I replied to that tweet, we had just won a game against Jefferson, Groziel I'm speaking of, and I went to Twitter and said, if the first thing you do after a win is log on to Twitter and run a victory lap, then your priorities are probably in the wrong place. Uh, was that specified towards Liggett? Yes, it was. And should I have tweeted that? Probably not. However, I, it is something I 
still feel is true and applicable to many people besides Liggett. And it's not just Liggett. I think it's a pandemic among many people. I think I've been a victim of it. Uh, and it's something I learned. So I didn't tweet it directly uh, targeted at anybody. Um, but I made the tweet and I made the opinion and I still have the opinion. The tweet that I made directed towards Liggett was the tweet about the video of the players. And that is the only opinion I had directed towards Liggett that day. And I stand by that opinion. And I think that it has nothing to do, actually, I know it has nothing to do with the players, has nothing to do with Coach Dan Smini, who just got his 500th win. Congratulations to him. Uh, neither of those parties were the ones affiliated with that tweet. It was whoever the tweet holder, account holder was. And I don't take back that opinion. You should not make a victory about your opponent. And you also definitely definitely should never tweet a video of the opposing team, especially when the opposing team is teenagers taunting them as if this is, I mean, it's amateurism at the end of the day, right? So just a bad taste. So all those things I stand by, congratulations to Liggett. And that tweet was not about you or your players or your coach or anything besides the tweet from the administrators who decided to tweet that. And, uh, and that is that. And now we'll never have to talk about it again. And it's all over with. Brian, I have I have you. eight I have eight seconds of something to say about this, and I promise I won't chime in because I wasn't involved. Um, I'm on your side. It was soft as shit. You ain't got anybody you can call the tattle on me about that for. Like that was soft as shit. Tweeting a video of another team that you just beat. Like you you ended the streak. Celebrate your own team. Like that's wildly soft, isn't it, to me? But anyways, moving on from that. No one to tattle on me to. Um, Let's move on to – we wanted to – well, quickly, let's do housekeeping, Brando. How about that? <laughs> um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ColdWeatherBats. We're seeing an increase in activity on those sites on purpose. It's baseball season. We love it when you interact with us. Please follow us. Uh, please like, rate, and review the show. However you receive this podcast, whatever platform you're using, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, whatever, there's likely an option to rate it. And if there isn't an option to rate it, there's an option to review it. All those things help us. It just increases viewership, and we are appreciative of that. Um, moving on from that, we have a cool interview planned for you on this episode. You'll hear from Zealand East pitching coach Joe Slochter uh, on their 21-1 and start, as well as a, a pretty good history lesson on general Grand Rapids area high school baseball. What we don't know, what we did know but didn't know well enough – things we thought we knew but were wrong about, some historical precedent there. It was a good interview. It helped us, uh, it, it helped us out in terms of being smarter on the west side, and we're appreciative to, to Coach Joe for that. Um, but what we wanted to spend our little crosstalk segment here talking about uh, before we dive into the interview and then obviously the Super 25 is the umpire shortage. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone's aware of it. Everyone who is involved in high school baseball or high school sports in any capacity is aware of what's going on. There is an official shortage. There is an umpire shortage specific to our sport that we talk about in baseball. And I'm here to tell you, as a man who works in this game, who sees thousands of games a year, granted, most of them are travel ball. However, I'm here to tell you that that fact is 100% laid at the feet of parents. This is not because coaches are getting out of control with arguing. Any umpire worth the salt will tell you he's got no problem hearing about it from a coach. That's it. He controls the situation. That, that Coaches are going to argue. Umpires are going to argue back. We're going to have spats in the middle of the field. That's the game. It always has been. Umpires aren't worried about that. Also, any umpire worth the salt is going to tell you it's not the players. Sure, 
maybe we have some cockier players than we have had in the last however long of baseball. Social media is something to do with that. I'm sure that, uh, you know, the proliferation of the, the fame that can come with travel ball is something to do with that. But that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about an umpire shortage. We are talking about the absolute lunacy of some parents and all of you listening and a lot of you are parents. You all know who I'm talking about. Maybe it's you. It's probably not a lot of you because it's a very small percentage of people. But if it's not, you know someone. You know what I'm talking about. The guy who feels the need to stand up in the third inning and scream, like scream swear words and, and whatever else you want to at an umpire because he missed a call in a 12-view game. Or the guy who's threatening the umpire in the parking lot after the game because he called your kid out in a high school JV game. Or, I don't know, the umpire who got shot by a parent because he didn't like how he called a 10-year-old game in Texas. You know who we're talking about. There are those parents at most baseball games, unfortunately. It's a very small number of them, but there are they are there. They're the ones who just can't quite realize it's a game that children are playing most of the time. I'm not talking about the big leagues here. I'm not talking about I'm not really even talking about college baseball. I'm t- we're talking about high school baseball and below here as far as the shortage in our state. We need to, as people who go to baseball games, this is inclusive of coaches, this is inclusive of of parents, this is inclusive of uh, fans, whatever. It is important that we start self-policing these things. If you are a coach in the dugout and you know that your parent is giving it to the umpire a little bit too much or a lot a bit too much, or is crossing several lines of which you don't have to be a ethics major to know when lines are crossed with these things. Cause it's a very clear line. Um, you need to do something about that. It's on you, whether you like it or not, it's on you. Athletic directors, it's on you. If your parents can't behave themselves, if they can leave, like, I don't, this isn't, this isn't complicated to me. These umpires are out there doing a job that is required for us to play these games. And I've, I've been kicked out of a couple games as a coach. I know. I've had my battles with umpires. I've talked, I've talked about, yeah, Brandon saw it. I talked about on, we've talked about on here how some of them are not real good and how their being not real good is, is just compounded by the fact that they're, they think they are real good. But that's, we can all overcome that. That doesn't really change the game. You know, if the game is close, maybe, but if it's not, like, this, what are we talking about? And at the end of the day, what are we really talking about? It's a game. But my point being, and, and I didn't really mean for this to turn into a diatribe, this is on all of us. This is not something that a rule from the state is going to fix or the MHSAA is going to fix like they'd fix anything. This is on us. You as the coaches, you as the administrators, you as the athletic directors, you as the trainers, you as the whatever. There's nothing that will stop an adult from acting like a child more than another adult telling him he's acting like a child. Like, I, you see it at airports all the time now. Like, look at social media. You know, if someone's acting like an asshole at an airport, all it takes is, a, is the other adult standing next to him going like, dude, what, you, you're acting like an asshole. And then that guy gets embarrassed and stopped. You know, like, the, you know what we're talking about. We don't have to, like, shroud this in some sort of weird, like, well, you know, there's nothing to be done. No, Stop it. I promise you it's not that important. It's the, at these parents who act like this. It is 
a shame. It is embarrassing. It is truly like disgusting on every sort of level. The way some of you treat umpires and talk to these people who are there doing a job so that your kid can play. They're not making a ton of money. It's decent money. I did it. Those guys are, are, you know, they're not getting rich. They're probably making 25 bucks an hour at the end of the day or whatever it is for a couple hours a night. Those guys aren't getting rich off of you. They are a necessary and pivotal part of the game. They deserve to be treated with respect. If something needs to be said to them, the coaches will take care of it. It is not your place, guys sitting in the stands with Game Changer up yelling. It's not your place. It's I, I'm done. Brandon, I've I talked myself out a little bit. If you have anything to say to that, the umpire shortage is your fault, and there's only other way. the only way to fix it is to stop doing the things you're doing and help police the people that are. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder the process of that. I just wonder how we recover from this. It's also a generational thing, too, I think. Not a lot of young people want to do it anymore, obviously because they've seen – yeah, what you're, what you're saying. Well, I mean, who, who, yeah. yeah, right. Who wants to do that? Um, yeah, it's tough, man. It is. And, it, and at the end of the day, who do you think is hurting more than anybody else? The kids. I mean, we're trying to schedule games and we can't. You know, we're working on trying to get a Friday and Saturday game going this week and we can't. Can't find officials. It's not that the field isn't ready. It's not that we don't want to play. It's not that we don't have enough guys. It's not that nobody will travel. It's not that we won't travel. It's not anything that's in our control. It's just there's not a, we don't have any officials, no umpires, nobody's available. And when we asked about it, the answer was like, yeah, there's literally no chance we can find anyone for that. And that was two weeks ago. It's not like we're trying to find anybody spur of the moment night four. It's like that's two and a half weeks ahead of time. And, you know, there was a time where you had guys lining up trying to umpire and it wasn't that long ago shoot five six years ago even it was still that way maybe a little bit more but i mean it's, it's rough man it's rough I, I do wonder how we recover from it i think what is a non-negotiable and absolutely has to be a part of the process is obviously like you said policing it making sure that people are treating umpires like human beings because they are understanding they're as imperfect as anybody else is. But also I wonder how we recover from it from a process standpoint, like who, who is going to get back into umpiring that wasn't in, that that's been out of umpiring, who is going to convince the next generation to get into umpiring because like tag this for what it's worth, but the people that are now in the younger generation getting into umpiring, um, the average isn't high, folks. They're not the ones who join that they don't want to be there, to put it plain, to not yeah. dive into any more detail. They're they're not guys who take a lot of pride in what they do. They're doing it for the fifty dollars. They're nineteen and they want to make fifty bucks. And, you know, Joe Schmo called him and said, We can't find anybody in your, you know, my nephew's cousin's uncle's brother's son. Can you come umpire? They come make their fifty bucks and get out of there and it's kind of what you're getting. Hey, you have shin guards. Want to make 50 bucks? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. They don't take a lot of pride in it, man. I mean, then like the, the older generations, they took a lot of pride in it. Umpiring was, you know, a part of their professional career. And they, and even if it wasn't, even, even it was, even if it was just an accessory to what they did professionally, or if they were in retirement and they did it thereafter, they, there was pride in it. The two and yeah. a half hours they spent at the field, they make some wrong calls. Sure. Do they take pride in it? Absolutely. You don't see that in the next generation. Not only do you not see participation, you just don't see 
you don't see the pride. And I think the pride is everything. I mean, it's like if you coached for money, which is impossible to do, but it's as if you coached for money because a 19 year old $50 for, you know, three games, four games in a week. That's, that's legitimate. That's legitimate money. Hell yeah, it was. I so, love it. Yeah. It's, anyway. it's, I don't, there's man. I, it might be, we might've already gone too far. Cause like who could possibly blame these guys? Like imagine what anybody out there listening does. Like you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a truck driver, you're a, uh, you work in AI, you're a baseball scout, you're a, like literally whatever. You're a teacher, you're a, a what? I don't care. Anything that you do. Imagine someone who has probably way less of an idea of what's going on in the game than you do coming to your work and just letting you have it for two hours and getting personal with it and literally just attacking you because like I, for some reason they think that that's appropriate. Like for some reason that's somehow okay in their head. Like imagine that I, I, you know, I, again, I doubt that many people listening to this episode are the people that are the problems. I'm sure there's a couple, like I'm willing to bet there's a couple, but every one of you listening knows someone who is, or has seen it. Say something about it. Get in his face. You don't have to fight him. You don't have to get in a fight. This doesn't have to be a cops called thing. Usually if you call an adult a jackass in front of a bunch of other adults who agree that they're being a jackass, they stop being a jackass. Um, just my experience anyway, but I do have a fairly significant bit of it. Uh, but yeah, I, Brandon, I, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, this, we wanted to address this because it's important. And I don't want people thinking that like I'm coming from some sort of hypocritical place as a man who's been ejected from games. Like that's, I didn't get personal with those umpires. I, the one time was Petrie's fault, if I'm being honest. And then the second time was 100% my fault, but I really only said one line. Um, but, you know, I, the point being, man, like, I don't, I don't know if there is a fix for this. I, I, the only thing I can possibly think of is you, you have to, the majority has to overcome the minority when it comes to this stuff. Like you, most of you are not acting like a child at baseball fields. So gang up on the one who is and stop him. I don't care if the umpire made a bad call that hurt your team. You know, like, it's a grand scheme of thing. It's a high school baseball game where it's a 15 new travel team in the summer. Like who on earth cares? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, man. It's really, really frustrating. It's almost a, a feeling of despondency, despondence. Despondency. I don't know. My editor fiance is upstairs. I could yell, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just like it is like a. It's one of the biggest like. Are Are you kidding me? Things like wide eyed, open mouth. Just can't believe you see. Can't believe you're, you're like watching this happen in front of your eyes. Like these grown adults acting like less than children. Um about something that they probably don't even understand as much as the person they're yelling about it for uh, the, the hubris that comes from that. I can't even fathom it. Um, but yeah, we didn't want to make this episode a whole long depressing thing, but we felt like that was important to address. So uh, Brandon, anything else before we uh, move on? No, I think we covered it all. <sighs> Say something, do something. I think we're good. I mean, yeah, Hey, you know. I've, I've, I've covered it all in, in the umpire world. I mean, Thank you. Right. Coaches aren't the one driving them out. I mean, there's certainly some guys out there who are insufferable. Yeah. Sometimes it can be your boy. Uh, I try to do my best. I have good days mostly. Um, but there was Coaches that one game against Wyandotte. 
Shout out, Cardi. Um, yeah, let's move on from the topic. We've made a we've we've our statement is clear and our uh, our stance on the topic is clear. Cole Bath is officially in favor of not being a dick to umpires. Right there, we go. We've we've stated we've staked our claim on that. Too heavily opinionated beginnings to this show, by the way, as well. Um, usually it's like, all right, uh, what's going on here and there? And how's everybody doing? Well, what's the devs update? And yada, yada, yada. Um, which, by the way, go ahead. I was going to say, which, by the way, the devs update probably isn't going to be the most glowing thing either. Um, well, I guess it's not bad. We beat Jefferson 10 nothing, which was great. One in five innings. Uh, and then we lost a tough game to Taylor where it was a little bit back and forth. Uh, they were up 6-2. to two. We came back 7-6. to six, And then they ultimately won the game 14-7. to seven. Um, And, you know, not in league game. You guys are just everybody's playing everybody type of deal. And, you know, they're, they're deeper than we are. That's no, that's no secret. We're, we're t- totally fine admitting that. Uh, and then today played airport and they threw uh, Footlander and he was awesome again. And lost uh, ten nothing. It was four nothing in the fifth, and you know they put up a six spot, and that's how she goes. Or she blows. That's it. And you know I thought of a quote today during that game, and it's because we were not making physical errors. We were just making mental errors. We made mental errors in the first inning. We had two outs with like six pitches into the first inning, and then they still ended up scoring three runs because of some mental errors. Um, and then we got to the fourth inning and it was still three to nothing. They hadn't scored and they put up, I think they put up one to make it four. And then in the fifth, uh, got to that sixth spot and, and, you know, ultimately won the game 10, nothing. But I thought of this quote, maybe people have said it before. I don't know, but I basically told our guys, I was like, you know, they are mental errors until they are physical errors. Typically that's how it goes. They are mental errors until they are physical errors. Also Acuna is making his loud and triumphant, feature in the show with that meow in the background several of them but yeah i mean that was a something i thought was was relevant and has been relevant for us is that we we typically make our mental errors first and then inevitably they lead to the physical stuff and you can't really live with the physical stuff unless you're also living without the mental stuff or at least minimizing the mental stuff the two things can't simply coexist though if you're making both you're probably not going to want to win a baseball game a lot of baseball games um so and we made some that day and we definitely can't do it against a team like airport who's you know super 25 team and a really good team they got an awesome catcher uh footlanders an awesome pitcher who i don't know if he's their ace but he would be the ace on a lot of teams that we've faced um and they're just like incredibly well coached. But like the best thing Airport does, and I really wanted to shout out their team on this and like their coaching staff and just the whole program is just how well those kids like communicate with each other. Like I've never seen anything like it from a high school team that's like that strong is, is, is if some guy's like hanging his head, like the guy next to him is like, dude, get your head up like right now. Like we're in the middle of a game, like body language, body language, body language, just like really like there's a clear language there. It's clearly, you know, they have a, they know exactly how they want each kid to carry himself and they're allowing each kid, I guess, individually to kind of be their own self. But the guy next to him is like holding the next guy accountable. And like, it's one thing to hold a guy accountable, but like, you got to lead by example too. Like, you can't just say like, Hey, do this, do that. And the kid just be like, okay, sounds good. Like, it's not that simple. Like the guy who's saying that has to carry some weight. He has to have some validity to what he's saying. He has to back it up. He has to have the guy next to him has to have a reason to listen to him. Right. And uh, they clearly do there, man. Every guy is vocal to the next guy. And if something bad happens, they, and somebody gets upset about it, it's just like an immediate, like, Hey man, chill. Like, it's cool. Like, it's not just like, Oh, it's all good, man. It's like, it's not, it's not like that, man. Like they're very literal there. They're very honest, very transparent with each other. And, uh, it's, uh, 
it's refreshing. It's cool. It's good to see. I told the coach after the after the fact how how you know I really looked up to that and thought that was something um, you don't see too often and, and it was really cool. So shout out to them and you know they've had a really strong year and they had a I think a rough week last week. They lost to Riverview and I think Huron or Riverview and SMCC. That's who it was. Yeah, they lost SMCC yep. and extras. Um, but obviously we get them a chance to get off to a nice foot, get off to a nice foot this week. But, uh, but yeah, no big shout out to airport. They're a, a really well coached team, fun team to watch execute on everything. And the language is great. So, um, but that's the devs update. We've got Milan on Wednesday and, you know, looking forward to that game and nice little rematch for us. We're at home that game. Um, and, uh, like I said, trying to get a game going for this weekend, but doubt it. So, probably going to be the last time we play between uh this wednesday and next monday and so you know the challenge gets gets bigger you start to hit mid-may and you're hitting the final 100 meter until playoffs until districts and our district draw is the winner of riverview and summit if i had to play predictor i would predict that riverview would win that game so therefore i would expect us to end up playing uh riverview in the district semi and on the other side trenton plays romulus so uh, that's our situation for districts and we are uh certainly looking forward to the uh to the opportunity and you know i'm excited first time as a head coach in districts and you know we've, we've certainly gotten a lot better even my girlfriend said we got a lot better and my girlfriend doesn't know the difference between a ball and a strike not just like the location, but like she doesn't even know what those two things mean. So if she sees improvement, then surely so does everybody else. So I think we're good. <laughs> and thank you to Brandon for the devs update. Um, with that being said, we're going to wrap this segment. We're going to send it into the interview with Zealand East pitching coach Joe Slochter. We'll see you on the other side of that. John Hackett is a longtime assistant baseball coach at Gross Point South High School. But above all else, John Hackett is an amazing, genuine, caring human being. So it's no surprise that he leads the charge for Hackett Home Care, which delivers exceptional home care services to fit a wide range of needs. If you or a loved one is growing increasingly dependent on others with everyday activities, Hackett Home Care can help regain and restore your quality of life. Whether it's in your home, assisted living facility, or in the hospital, their caregivers will come to you to provide you with the most compassionate care possible. Specializing in things like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, and catastrophic injury care, Hackett Home Care's caregivers will give you medication reminders, meal preparation, light housekeeping, fall prevention, and the best part is they're around up to 24 hours a day. Guys, when I tell you that John Hackett will do the job, I mean that he cares. And you can give him a call and find out why I'm speaking the truth at 313-319-8050. Or you can shoot him an email at coachhack19 at yahoo.com. That's coachhack192 ages at yahoo.com. Or give him a call today at 313-319-8050. Welcome into this week's interview segment. We're kicking it out to the west side this week, something we don't do as much as we should uh, as we are trying to be a statewide podcast. Uh, welcoming to the show, Zealand East's Joe Slachter, varsity baseball coach out there. Zealand East off to a 21-1 and start. Uh, obviously, eye-catching from our perspective. But, Coach, uh, you know, starting from the ground level, 
tell us about the club this year. Is this a big start for you guys? Is this right in line with expectations? What's different, if anything? And, and then we'll, we'll go back into the history books a little bit. Yeah, hey, thanks, guys, for uh, having us on. And uh, before we get started, just wanted to tell you how much we appreciate what you guys do for our game in the state. So uh, keep it up. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so, yeah, to my knowledge, it's probably the best start we've had in school history. Um, to answer your question about expectations, you know, I would say uh, we've, you know, we've exceeded them a little bit, but I will be honest, we've had – you know, pretty high expectations with this class. Um, we're very junior heavy. Uh, we start seven juniors um, and two seniors. We did have five of them up with us last year as sophomores. And uh, we had a pretty good year. Um, took some lumps, but, you know, a lot of experience and uh, a lot of knowledge is uh, gained with, um, with those younger guys. So, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. It's great. Who are your guys' is like bigger, I guess, which team has been the team that you have to uh, deal with around the division in your league that probably gives you the most fits that you've had to deal with over the last few years building things up? Yeah, so the last few years, so we're in the OK Green um, over here on the west side. And um, it's in baseball, it's really been a fight between uh, Zealand East, uh, Zealand West, Mona Shores, and Reese Puffer. Um, last year, Mona was unbelievable. Their, their lineup was full of just straight men. Um, they graduated a ton of dudes, thank God. Um, but they're, they're, they were real tough. Um, West, uh, always tough. They're always great. It's, it's a fun, fun time to play them. And then Puffer was really, really good last year as well with a lot of seniors and a lot of experience. We've been noticing that kind of this year, obviously, and you guys – even outside of that that specific conference, it seems like everybody's also playing the bigger schools out west in general, even in non-league games. Like I've seen a, a bunch of these just going by the schedules, whether it's you or, or West or Reed Puffer or Mona Shores, like they're all playing Hudsonville too. And like some of them are playing Rockford also. So like, is that by design? Is it you guys want to, are trying to, to play the best even when you're not in conference? Yeah, for us, for sure, 100%. So a couple of things, like we know, we know the Hudson Well guys really good. Um, they're amazing. They do a great job. Um, coach Van Ord uh, and then Jenison, uh, Chris Trebay is their coach. They're friends of ours. Um, so, yeah, we like to play them just from, from that perspective. But also, yeah, so um, with four divisions in, in baseball in our sport, we're, we're just like this far, just barely above that D1 line. So, yeah, of course. I mean, on our side of the state, you know, the OK Red is as good as it gets. So, Jenison's, Hudsonville's, Rockford's, Granville, they're incredible clubs every year. So, yeah, we try to, we try to go against them as much as we can. What is, I guess, to, to follow up on that, we, we've talked about like eight teams in the last five minutes that make up, yeah. a predominant, you know, uh, of the really good baseball on the west side of the state. Can you make it a little bit more of a historical look for us right here? Like, is are those the eight teams that it's kind of always been 20 years ago? Like, who were the dudes? You know, just we don't know. We're Eastsiders. Yeah, so if you want to go way back, I mean, even back to like, you know, when I was of the age of playing high school baseball, the Hudsonville is a household name. Uh, Jenison, 100%, um, years and years and years. 
Um, Byron Center is always good. All the forests, those northern, uh, eastern, central, um, always competitive. And then, of course, you know, Coach Gates at uh, Grand Rapids Christian, you guys know all about them, obviously. And, um, yeah, I would say traditionally, you know, those are kind of those household names. You do have the dynamic of Zealand um, splitting roughly 15, 16 years ago. So um, pretty good history, but now I wouldn't say, you know, it's a Hudson Miller Jenison. Sure. That makes sense with the recent split and all that. Is that, and you mentioned um, just kind of being on the cutoff line for D1. Is that Zealand West too? Are you guys similarly sized, like small D1? Yeah. So they're, I don't know, it's like 50 kids bigger than us. So yeah, they're just over a thousand. We're just under a thousand. It's an interesting, you know, how they kind of redraw those every couple of years, like what constitutes D1, what constitutes D2. You can play which play in whichever one you want for the most part if you choose to. So who cares what the rules are? Um, but anyways, all right, all right, Coach, we've we've touched on Zealand East, the program, the success you guys are having this year. Let's go back into that a little bit more intently. What is your – describe it for us, the play style. What, what do you guys want to do as a team? Um, we like to manufacture. Uh, we like to play the game, as they call it, uh, or as they say it. Uh, we like to bunt. We like to run. And, um, you know, I'm the pitching coach. Um, my philosophy is no free passes. You know, we, we want them to have our opponents put the ball in play and play solid defense behind them. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's our, our motto. We, we like to do the small stuff and put pressure on the other team. Fair enough to me. And, it, you know, as I'm, I've obviously been on this podcast many times just saying I'm someone who likes teams who hit home runs. Um, but you, you know, like, don't mind that either. Yeah, it's easy to say who doesn't, but most of the time in high school baseball, it's let's make the other guy make mistakes. I'm with you hundred percent. Uh, Brando, you want to test out that audio? If you got a question, how are we sounding? Great. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys on the West side, like what's your perspective of these side? Like, what would you say is the general consensus? Like from a baseball perspective, is there a difference in like the style of play? Is it like, uh, and it's okay to say this without it being like a slight, but is it like almost like, Hey, they forget about us because it's like almost disrespectful. Like how, how do you guys see it on that side? You know, for me personally, um, it's not disrespectful at all. It's actually more for me. It's almost, um, I'm curious about it. You know, like I, I think it'd be a ton of fun if we could do more East West stuff, um, you know, matching up, doing some sort of a non-conference mid-season tournament would just be an absolute blast. I think if you could, you know, kind of align some enrollments and so on and so forth, but you know, everything, everything that we always hear is there's just a bunch of studs over there, you know, like, I mean, you're coaching the team over there yet. How, I mean, how'd you guys do tonight? You know, (laughs) coach, we did not win. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. We got a long way to go. I'm absolutely bullying some chocolate right now mid-show, which is probably disrespectful, if anything. But, um, yeah, we, we're really young. So you kind of, like, just talked about this a little bit, uh, how you had some sophomores up on your team last year, and this year it's paying off, and last year you took some bumps. We're in the taking bump stage, uh, but we're loving it. And it's really – so it's my first year, and we had, like, two weeks of the season, so it's all about kind of getting the system going. So, I mean, it was actually, in my opinion, like, encouraging to hear you say that because that's kind of where we're at. But – 
But yeah, for sure. um, we did not win tonight. We lost 10 nothing to, to airport. It was 4 nothing in the fifth, and then, um, you know, life hits you like a train, and it's, and it's 10 nothing. So, you know how it goes. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. So, for you guys, you're talking about manufacturing and you know, finding ways to create runs and all that. What's the challenges of like getting kids to buy into that? Like getting kids to be like, Hey, be obsessed with like doing the small stuff that is not the sexy stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to take every opportunity um, when something does play out, you know, that kind of is in line with our philosophy. You have to remind them, right? Like they're high school boys. We were all there. Um, They want to hit tanks. (laughs) I mean, that's what they try to do every time they get in the cage, but, um, they trust us, you know, and we trust them and and we, we let them do their fair share of taking their big hacks and, and, and we love it too, you know, obviously, but when you have a game and, and everybody's going up there with a two strike approach and you're beating a really tough guy in a close game, um, those are things that you can point back to and say, look guys, it works. You know, we, we know what we're talking about. So you know, sometimes we're going to command your attention and, um, you know, give us that, give us that trust and, and, and listen to us. And it's, it's been working and it's, it's, it's been a ton of fun. Going to change gears quickly back to something that we just talked about, potentially wanting to do a little more East side, West side clash. I propose the cold weather bats invitational for 20. Let's do it. Let's, you know, I, you know, there's always that weekend that like, you guys are done with your leagues and my schedule in my head goes by the Catholic league just because that's what I played and coached it. But there's always that weekend of like, okay, league is done. The league championship was Wednesday. And now we have 10 days until districts. Like there's always that weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how cool would it be if we could get, we'll do it in Lansing, whatever, pick the middle of the state. I don't care, but you know, get five or six teams from one side, five or six from the other try and match it up as best we can um, by enrollment with talent, with whatever, and just go at it for a weekend. That could be pretty fun. That would be, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm all for it's it. Something, it's something we thought about, but I think we thought about it like too late this year, but it's definitely something we yes. like would love to do next year. And if it's possible, there's a lot of, as you know, being a coach in the MHSA, there's a lot of hurdles you have to sometimes mm-hmm. cross and jump can run through most, in order to make most of the times ones that aren't even there for any reason in particular uh but yeah <laughs> I, you know i we'll say we'll save that I'll, we'll save that for my solo segment so i don't get any coaches in trouble. <laughs> that's a different I'm show sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but coach man just wanted to say thanks so much for coming on with us man thank you for hanging out we appreciate the the education that we got on west side baseball today Congratulations to you guys on the great start so far. Or so far, excuse me. Good luck moving forward. Thanks again for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Keep it up. And we're back. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with uh, Zealandy's pitching coach, Joe Slochter. Really uh, informative from my perspective. Uh, we wanted to do something like that. Get a guy on to talk about uh, just you know give us a little bit more dope on the West side stuff that we didn't know the, the historical precedent, you know, and we touched on seven, eight teams we talked about that are a pretty strong contention of baseball teams out there, uh, inclusive of um, where, where they are sorted uh, in terms of their divisional status and that, but uh, congrats to the chicks so far, the Zealandese chicks, they're 21 and one, they're rolling a uh, big series coming up this week. I think they have Jenison next weekend as well. But either way, congrats to them. Uh, Brandon, let's just dive right into the Super 25 this week. Um, 
presented by Great Lakes Bat Company, of course, need to mention that. But the the thing is, and this is a bit of a buried lead, but although you did talk about it at least tangentially in the open, uh, we have a new number one in the Super 25 for the first time since we've literally started this. First time ever. So, I, you know, we're going to start at the bottom per usual, but, uh, but Brando, I mean, new number one, man. I, we'll see where St. Mary's ends up. Well, I'll give you a hint. They didn't fall a ton, but, you know, either way, new number one. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty, I would say almost historic in a way. Uh, you're talking third season and you're, it's May 8th. So not only did it take until the third season, it also took until the 70-ish percentile, 75th percentile of the season yeah. to get to the point where the number one finally fell off and, uh, you know, uh, St. Mary's and St. Mary's isn't making excuses, nor am I making excuses for St. Mary's. But Ryan McKay is a very valuable asset to anybody's lineup. And without Ryan McKay, especially defensively at shortstop, uh, when Oliver's pitching and then, you know, the same goes when he's playing second base. He's, a, he's just a tremendous glove uh, and they're hurting without him, I think, or maybe not hurting, but they're just there's there's clearly somebody that's not in the lineup who has been in the lineup for four years. And so uh, this is the first, I think this is the first time McKay's been injured in the four years he's been there. Like this is the first time he's ever like missed time. I think if I correct me if I'm wrong, if you know anything otherwise, but like, I'm pretty sure he's never missed time. Um, he's as durable as it gets, but uh, took a ball to the foot and things happen. But um, he should be good by playoffs as far as I know, but they've certainly uh, missed him. And, you know, but we've talked about St. Mary's not being, you know, the, team they were i think last year as far as how deep the rotation is and how deep the lineup is and how i mean let's be honest like last year's team was probably the best team in the history of michigan high school baseball if not one of the best teams if not the best team in the history of it like was the best we don't even high school baseball it was the it was we don't even need it was the best team ever like let's yeah. just it's yeah. Yeah, right so you know here we are a year later and it's like Maybe they don't go 44 and 0. Well, they're not, but you know, it's still certainly a strong team. They didn't fall off much. We'll cover that in a second. Um, but yeah, man, it is historic to see a new number one in the Super 25. And you'll find out who that is uh, here in a few. But let's start with the also considered section where Sterling Heights Stevenson, and this is through May 7th, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, important to note that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, today, we are recording this Monday, May 8th. The Super 25 was done as of the afternoon on Monday, May 8th. You will see this on Tuesday, May 9th. This Super 25 and the talks that we're about to have about it are not inclusive of what happened today on Monday, tonight. We don't even know. Like We've seen a couple scores on Twitter, but we haven't even dived into it. None of the records we're going to talk about are updated through today. So regardless of what happened today, this Super 25 was kind of as of today at noon, if you want to put it that way. And as you said, Sterling Heights Stevenson had a pretty monstrous victory over Gross Point South, um, which will be affected and impacted in next week's Super 25. I think Stevenson yep. took two of three from South. Um, so, but yeah. through May 7th, so this would be through Sunday, May 7th, Sterling Heights Stevenson's in the also considered section. They went 4-0 last week, 12-4 and overall. Uh, and as we mentioned, took two or three from South. So they're certainly a team to look out for. And it's a team we've heard a lot about. I mean, really good offense. They've got a nice young pitcher at the top of the rotation and a team to really keep an eye on come postseason. And they might 
mess around and win the um, win the Mac Red. Uh, next in the also considered section is Novi. They went two and two last week, fourteen and six overall. Two close losses to Northville. We continue to talk about how Novi is a team that is. Do they have the toughest schedule like outside of the Catholic League? Like, maybe I think so. Like, they've had, I mean, not to mention everybody in their league plays the same schedule, but they're even playing tough games on the weekend. Um, and uh, Inovi is still a very good team, uh, but 12 and or 14 and six, still obviously a record worth uh, worth noting, still something to write home about for sure. But if they played in like any other league, like they they might not have more than a couple of losses. Uh, so no vice there next to them is Heartland. Heartland is continuing to be a, a trend up team, uh, but not this week. They went one and one overall and they are 10 and seven overall, despite another team with a strong schedule. Uh, they split with Howell. Howell's a good team, but they're not a super 25 team. The way to those losses, therefore move them from 19 down to also considered. Next, we have Okamos, and I believe Okamos is a new entry here this week. They're, they went 3-1 and one last week. They're 13-4-1 and four and one overall. Brian, what's the dope on Okamos? Um, and I, I don't, you know, I'm just going to, I think it's Okamos. Okamos, Okamos? whatever. Okamos, Okamos. Okamos. Yeah. I know it's next to East Lansing, so I'm not going to be geographically, I'm not going to be geographically incorrect here like I have been in the past. Whenever I go see Michigan State play baseball, I stay at the uh, Fairfield and Okemos. So, you know, uh, basically a, a native um, in that sense. But anyways, yeah, it, Okemos is where Caleb Bonimer is. Um, you know, I might be the best player in the state in, regardless of, of grad year right now. I, you know, I think he's up with a handful of others, including 23s and 24s for that honor. But uh, yeah, a, a team we, we kind of had our eye on at the beginning of the year. They, I didn't want to say they stumbled out of the gate. They didn't do that, but it was like, they've really started to hit their stride in the last two weeks or so. So, so we felt the need to bump them up into the also considered really good offense. They have some very, very talented young pitching. I think that's a team that could set up really well for us. Super 25 preseason heading into next year as well, but they are playing playing really well right now too. And the next in here in the also considered section is Allen Park. They are two and zero, thirteen and three. They swept Woodhaven and uh, lost an exhibition game at Comerica Park. The Comerica Park games are always an interesting one because the entire roster always plays yeah, at America. Those were all team. exhibition games, right? Like I saw, like we'll talk about West Bloomfield, but I know they lost technically too at Comerica, but I don't think. That we're counting that game for anybody. I don't know if anybody knows that'd be a, a pretty a, a helpful. Well, tip, when we played there, when we played there for South in 2021, everybody played. Everybody got yeah. that bad. Everybody played. We even threw guys on the mound who hadn't thrown in at all. Um, so it is certainly an exhibition. Um, now, getting everybody to play at Gross Point South is a different beast. You're talking about 27 guys in a roster. <laughs> it's a lot of split time. Uh, if yeah. the Red Devs went and played a Comerica this year and everyone played, it would just be like a Wednesday league game. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, uh, Allen Park. Yep, go ahead. Allen Park, uh, they're just continuing to be who we thought they were. I, I personally think they're a Super 25 team, um, but they are in the also considered section for this week. And and that means we are on to the 25 spot. But just to recap, Sterling Heights, Stevenson, Novi, Heartland, Okemos, Okemos, note to self, Okemos, and Allen Park in the also considered section. Moving on to uh, the Super 25 itself, uh, a couple newcomers in there this week. At number 25, Carlton Airport. We juiced them in a big way last week, had them all the way up to 14. They responded by going 2-2. Two to two and two. Uh, They beat Cabrini twice. Always love to see that as a Richard alum. 
and lost to SMCC in Riverview. Uh, number 24 is Detroit Edison. I think they've been um, as affected by the umpire issues as anybody. Yeah, uh, they've had a, like a, a multitude of games canceled. Like having to cancel games because they can't get umpires, and uh, it's a shame because they're a talented team. Um, we're kind of just in the holding phase with them uh, as far as that goes. I think they beat Detroit Western last week. I don't know if they played any other games. But uh, either way, I, the best guess at their record is like 13-1 and one or something like that. So um, kind of keeping them in a holding pattern down here. Number 23, a newcomer this week, a newcomer to the radar in general, Birmingham Seaholm. Welcome to the Super 25 at number 23. They're 18-2, and two, Brandon. And in Division One, I, I mean, hey, buddy, pretty loud. Doesn't matter who they play. That's pretty loud in D1 yeah. regardless. So uh, needed to get them in this week. Uh, they were a team we were told to keep an eye on, and then they had a four in a week, and welcome to the show. Number 22 is Brighton. They're in the same spot. They have Howell and South Lyon this week, uh, both pretty solid schools. We talked about it already, but but just to reiterate the point, uh, all of those schools, Brighton, Howell, Heartland, South Lyon, that, that I-96 corridor thing, they all just beat the crap out of each other. So so we're having a heck of a time figuring out who the best is. But uh, right now we got Heartland, or excuse me, right now we have Brighton at number 22. And number 21 is Jenison. Um, they were in the also considered last week. Went 2-1, and one, but they went 2-1 and one by taking 2 of 3 from Rockford, who you'll remember was number 6 last week in a big jump. So uh, that earns Jenison up into the Super 25 at number 21. And Brandon's going to take it from number 20. All right, number 20, we've got Flint Powers Catholic. Flint Powers Catholic went 4-0 and last week and 14-3-1 and and overall. It is a monstrous week. They are playing Bay City Western, who we will talk about later in the show and not spoil anything there. Um, but obviously, we know they have two really strong arms in their rotation in Garmin and Sturgis, right? Mm-hmm. Garmin and Sturgis, I'm learning. Uh, and they're as dangerous as, as pretty much any team uh they're in are they division two yes yeah division two and we've been talking about them as a contender there and rightfully so especially with that rotation and we'll see what they're made of this week when they take on bay city western at 19 we've got new boston huron they move up one spot from 20 from last week they went two and oh big win against uh who was it? Milan last week. I think it was two, two nothing or something like four nothing. And Muzzy was just like absurd. Sixteen Ks, zero walks. So Gavin Muzzy continues to be their ace. They beat SMCC today. Uh, they were up seven to one. They took out Muzzy, and then the game finished seven to five. But they did beat SMCC in the first game of the week this week, and they've got Airport on Wednesday uh, at eighteen. And we've got Rochester Adams. No change for them. They played a whopping seven games last week. Uh, we've played seven games in the last two months. And they are 12 and 7 overall. And uh, they've got three versus Lake Orion this week, which is another see what you're made of type of game. Adams takes on Lake Orion, who you'll hear about later in the rankings here as well. At 17, we've got West Bloomfield. Again, no change for them. They lost an exhibition game at Comerica. We just discussed the impact of that. Very small. Other than that, they went 3 0 last week. Uh, at 16, we've got. Portage Northern. Uh, everyone loves Portage Northern. And they were at. I'm losing sight here. 
They were in the oh, also yeah. They were, yeah, they were also yeah. considered. No wonder I couldn't find them. So 16, Portage Northern, huge jump from the uh, also considered section. They were 4-0 last week, 16-6-1 and and overall. They are hitting their stride nice and perfectly timed, and they had three huge wins, and that's why they jumped so high with two wins over Matawan, a really talented and deep team in the west side who we reference pretty much every year. And then, of course, they had one win over Grand Rapids Christian, who you'll hear about later in the show and is a perennial Super 25 team year in and year out. And that takes us to number 15, who Brian is rightfully announcing. And number 15 is Liggett. A big jump back up the board this week. Uh, you take two from St. Mary's, that'll do it for you. Um, they beat U of D twice last week. I think they're playing De La Salle today, maybe? Uh, I don't know what happened there. Again, I'm going to say this three more times and then I'm going to be really pissed when someone brings it up tomorrow. Anyways, uh, these rankings are through noon on Monday, not through the games on Monday, but anyways, look at a 15. Uh, they have a big week this week. I think they have three with Catholic central, like a continuation game and then two more. Um, those are the two teams kind of jockeying between three and four in the CHSL central, I believe. I think St. Mary's and Rice are, are up at one and two. I don't know the separations or anything, but uh, either way, big big matchup with Catholic Central this week for Liggett. And number 14 is Rockford. Last week's number six, they went one and two. They lost two or three to Jenison, who is a good team. We have them ranked this week. We had them in the Super 25 last week, but still can't lose a series like that. So uh, Rockford down to number 14. At number 13, Mona Shores, who you heard us talk about in our interview portion earlier. Uh, they won two of three against Zeeland West, and they have three against Zeeland East this week. So uh, big matchup on the west side there. Big matchup in the OK Green, I believe, is is what I was to- is what he said, Coach said. Um, so Mona Shores at 13. Lake Orion at number 12. They went three and two last week. Swept Oxford and lost twice to Northville. Hey, Northville's beaten everybody. They're up there this year w- with everyone. Uh, you'll you'll see just how high they are uh, in ten minutes or so. Um, but so tough to to ding them for that. They were pretty solid games. Uh, dropped them one spot a result as a result. So Lake Orion at number twelve, and at number eleven, Zealand East. Uh, we had the whole interview section about them. Um, they are twenty one and one. They have a big series this weekend with Mona Shores, like we said. So that's 11 versus 13 playing a three-gamer this week. We got our eyes on that for sure. And congrats to the Chicks at number 11. Up another big jump this week from number 16. All right. On to where are we at? Number 10? 10. Yeah, yep. number 10. And we're at number 10, Gross Point South, who we mentioned and we'll preface with another mention of the fact uh, that these – are through a certain day, and that day is not today. Um, Gross points out is at number 10, highest they've ever been in the Super 25 era. They were 4-0 last week, two wins over Romeo, two wins over Lakeshore. Uh, and the Romeo wins are significant. Romeo is a good team, not a Super 25 team, um, but that's a, a deep conference. We talk about the Mac Red quite a bit as one of the better conferences for baseball uh, in the state. And South overall this year is 18-4, and four, and hello, Dan Griesbaum. This guy is uh, going to coach pretty well come playoff time, and they're doing extremely well in the regular season. They have like 
500 seniors. So they are definitely a team to watch out for uh, come playoff time, especially with D1 now being not not that it ever wasn't, but now clearly being a very competitive uh, and opportunistic uh, title. Number nine, Grand Rapids Christian. Um, we did reference their loss to Portage Northern. However, they did go four and one overall last week and they're at 15 and three and they continue to be the team. We thought they would be their deep Remington Isaacs list goes on. We talk about it every week. They're just tried and true. They do the same things every week. They win a lot. They lose very little. Number eight, Forest Hills Eastern. They went five and zero oh last week. How are these teams playing so many games in a week? Uh, they are five. They went five and zero oh last week. Seventeen and two overall. Just consistent, playing well. No reason to move them. Uh, five wins. None of them were super significant, but uh, just continue to play really well and firmly in the top ten. At number seven, Algonac, another team. No movement. Four and zero oh last week. Eighteen and two overall. No ranked wins last week. They did win again tonight. They beat Almont by a lot things like 14 to 2 so Algonac cementing themselves for one of the better teams in the state and pretty much just camping in the top 10 for I would imagine the rest of the year and then at number six we have Bay City John Glenn who moves up from number nine to number six after an impressive week where they went 4-0 beat Freeland twice and Flushing twice two good teams two two good teams uh, especially Freeland and uh, they move up from nine to six I think their previous high was three this year I think they opened at three or four um, four I think yeah four yeah four so they're uh, back on the good side of things at at number six they're 20 and four overall not bad coach not bad and that takes us to the top five 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 and now the uh, going to answer the question on anybody's mind. Where did St. Mary's end up? At number five, at Brother Rice. They are 21-5. and five. They lost twice to Mary's last week. Once was the continuation game, which actually, according to Coach Petrie, uh, because that was retroactive to before they lost to Liggett, that means that the streak ended at 85 games. So St. Mary's won 85 games in a row before the streak ended. Uh, but number five, yes, Brother Rice, they're 21 and five. Three of their losses on the season have been to Mary's. Um, I think they have four losses in, in league, and Mary's has three at this point. I think Mary's might be one game ahead of them right now. Um, they're done playing each other, at least until the, play, the CHSL playoffs. We'll see how that ends up. Always competitive, always fun. Uh, number four, Battle Creek Lakeview. They went 2-0 last week. They beat Portage Central twice. They're up to 20-2 and overall. And at number three, heavy is the head which carries the crown. Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Down a couple spots after their first losses in years, literal years. Um, they are at number three overall this week. They are 20-3. and Obviously took those two losses to Liggett. Lost one against Rice. Um, they beat Detroit Western tonight. But again, we're not talking about that in reference to this ranking specifically. That'll be factored in next week. I believe they finish up the Catholic League this week. I don't know who they have left. De La Salle, maybe. Um, they're done against Liggett. They're done against Catholic Central. They're done against uh, Rice for sure. We'll see. Either way, uh, Catholic League closing up quickly here as we approach mid-May. Uh, number two, Bay City Western. They are up from number three. They're 18-0 and 0, as far as I can see. Uh, they beat Bay City Central twice this week, and we talked about it. Big couple games with Powers Catholic this week. Huge, both for them and for Powers. If Powers were to knock them off, then, hey, we got to look at Powers in an even better light than we do already. And if Bay City Western were to take care of business and move to 20-0 and 0 with two wins in that scenario, then we're saying, hey, Bay City Western is even more for real than we thought they were. And number one, Brandon, our first new number one ever – in the history of the Super 25, Northville. Congratulations to the Mustangs. They beat Novi. 
They beat Lake Orion twice. They've beaten pretty much everyone. They're 19 and one, uh, playing extremely well together. Uh, we had Joey Broughton on the show last week. Obviously, a, a laundry list of very good players on that team, inclusive of him. Um, but they seem to have it figured out in terms of, of how they do matchups in league play and, and how they deploy their talented pitching staff. And the offense is doing well. It's just uh, they're the number one team right now, man. They are the top dog. They'll have to be knocked off to move away from it. Uh, and for the first time since uh, since we started this podcast, and this is episode number 50, by the way, 5-0, uh, Northville is number one, our first new number one. Yeah, it took 50 episodes for St. Mary's to lose that top spot. So it's off to them. But, you know, it is Northville's time from, from here on out until until we're proven otherwise. They are the best team in the state as of today. And we'll see how much that comes to fruition between now and, and the third week, second week of June. I don't know which week it is for state championship. The third, third week? Lord knows. Third weekend of June. Yeah. Third, that's my thought. So I had it right. All right. I got to be more confident knowing things. Yeah. So third weekend of June, we'll find out who really is. But but Northville is uh, and has made every case to be uh, with their convincing season so far. I mean, 19 and one beat Novi, beat Lake Orion twice last week. It's pretty, pretty undeniable stuff. Uh, you know, they've got guys all over the map. Starts with Dante Nori. Um, you know, of course, there's all sorts of others. We had the ace on the on the show last week. Name drop for me. I can't pronounce it. Say that again. Who's the ace? I forgot. I forgot his name from last week because I can't pronounce it. Oh, Joey Broughton. Joey Broughton. Yeah. Broughton. Broughton. There it is. Joey Broughton. I had a tougher time pronouncing. Uh, I forgot it again. Slock. Slogger. 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 The boy, Joe. He was great. You know, we got to start making a point to interview people that have easier to pronounce last names. However, we interview people who are good at what they do. So therefore I guess beggars can't be choosers. So, um, but that is your super 25 for the week. Uh, St. Mary's has dethroned as of May 8th from the top spot, but there is much season to go. And that brings us into the goose poop rankings mm-hmm. for the week. Uh, Brian, any final thoughts before we go into goose poops rankings? No, I, I think just, hey, this is as wide open as the Super 25's ever been. There is no kind of automatic number one anymore. So going to be fun to see how that plays out the rest of the way, man. Really excited about it. In the Goose Poop rankings, we will start from 20. Let's see. Let's start from 30. Uh, we've got Lakeland at 30. We'll make our way down with some relevant teams here. I won't name all 30, but, you know, Lakeland's at 30, and they're certainly a team that's given us thought in the super 25 they're 16 and four overall and we need to see them beat some ranked teams uh they've had a f- couple uh but we do need to see more but we're certainly watching lakeland and they are 16 and four allen park at 26 uh let's see flint powers catholic at 24 battle creek lakeview all the way down at 25 in these uh in these rankings um i apologize i misspoke allen park's at 28 flint powers catholic is at 26 Battle Creek Lakeview is at 25. Um, Grand Rapids Christian is at 21. Uh, CC is at 17. Uh, Rockford is at 16. Sterling Heights Stevenson is at 15. You think the Mac Red's good? Macomb, Dakota is at 14. Uh, Lake Orion, this is aligns a bit with the Super 25. Lake Orion is at 13. West Bloomfield is at 12. Liggett is at 10. Jenison is at 9. Heartland is at 8. Rochester Adams is at seven 
Brother Rice is at six. Oh, I had these way off, man. How am I reading these wrong? Guys, you got to pardon my botch here. The uh, the list, I'm looking at the number on the list, and I should have subtracted it by one. Instead, I added it by one. Everyone who I just named, you're actually one spot higher than I said you were. So I apologize <laughs> for my lack of being able to read the Google sheet here. West Bloomfield is 10, Fenton 9, Liggett 8, Jenison uh, 7, Heartland 6, Adams is 5th, Brother Rice is 4th, and ironically enough, St. Mary's is third, Northville is second, and Bay City Western is first. And according to the rankings, the biggest separation is Bay City Western 18.2 rating, Northville 17.8, St. Mary's 17.7, but then Brother Rice 16.8, and then Adams 15.98. And then you get down to West Bloomfield, who's down to 14.98. So you got a whole point higher uh, for Rice and Adams in comparison to who ends up at 10. So uh, interesting to look at those. Um, as far as divisions go, you know, Division Two Liggett is 15.16. The second best team in Division Two is Grand Rapids Christian at 13.59. So Liggett's got a pretty strong hold in the top spot in D2. Um, behind Christian is Stevensville Lakeshore and Forest Hills Eastern. Both teams, all three of those teams are within 5.15 of each other in that 13.5 to 13.43 range. In D3, I'm looking here. The top ranked team in D3 is Edison. Uh, Edison is a 11.96 rating, and you don't find another D3 team until Clinton, who is at 10.49, and Sterling is at 10.40. So D3 will be interesting. As far as D4, Cardinal Mooney, no shocker. They're at 8.99. They're 100 and, uh, 103rd overall in these rankings, but they are an 8.99 rating. And in order to find the next best D4 team, you don't have to go too far. It's Plymouth Christian, who's had a really nice year. They're at 8.55. So it'll be interesting to see those two teams clash and go at it come state playoffs. Um, so you don't see another D4 team until Bill City at 181 at the 6.94 rating. Um, so... That is your goose poop ratings and check-in for this week. Anything interesting there, Brian, that you can take away? Yeah, two things immediately jump to mind. Number one in D3, where's Algonac? Yeah, that would be a great question. Maybe he has them with a different division. Let's see. Maybe I'm Am, am I wrong? I thought they were D3. Like, did we get that oh, wrong? They are D3, time? and yeah, they okay. are 114th, and they have an 8.72 ranking. That must be because the weight of their – schedule is not yep. impacting the rating too highly yep which is why uh, these things are you know obviously to be you know looked at they're not gospel necessarily but they're a great reference uh, and neither you are know. our rankings yeah you know correct like yeah 100 we have yeah. human error is probably greater than computer error i would say i think that it's i think that the way you said how like that's it, a slightly different order for for goose poop they have but it's the same big three, Northville, Bay City, right. Western, and Mary's. You know, like, that's our order. I think their order was slightly – I think they had Bay, Bay City, Western, one or whatever it was. But the point being, like you said, there's a pretty substantial drop-off after Mary's at three. Like, I think I agree right now. You know, I, I think maybe I would have Rice in there too. And we have Lakeview at four um, by virtue of their record, but obviously the, they haven't really played anybody judging by the, the computer ratings there. But – the point being, I think, like, we're in lockstep with the computer there. Northville, Bay City, Western, Mary's, and then Rice. Like, there's our big four. And we have, and like we said, we have Lakeview a little bit higher than, than they do, uh, just, than the computer does. I shouldn't say they do. It's not like they 
you know, they just decided to put Lakeview somewhere. It's what the computer spits out. But um, I think that's interesting how it how it melds together. But like there's one outlier or how so many of the things that you, you rattled off from there line up with what we have. And then there's like that one outlier, like, you know, Stevensville Lakeshore is juiced up in that. Um, but I have them. Hold on. Let me see here. So I have them on here. I have them at 11 and seven. And I know they've played good teams and they've beaten some good teams and they've lost to some really good teams. So I see why that would be positive for their power rating per the computer rankings. But like for us, we're not going to have an 11 and 17 rank most of the time, you know? Um, so it's just interesting the the outliers that it spits out compared to us. That's the most interesting part for me. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh it's cool you know it's just another opportunity to see how see another perspective i guess would be the best way to put it um but yeah that's it for your goose poop rankings of the week and honestly that's it for for everything this week we had a, a nice lengthy show this week we we covered a lot of angles we got straight to it in the beginning of the show and then got into ball and back into the michigan high school baseball side of things from uh there on out for the rest of the show and it's we say it every week, but one week later, we're getting closer. Uh, by the time we talk next week, we'll be in mid-May. It's crazy. Uh, we'll have two weeks left until those pre those really weird, odd things they call pre-districts. And that will then lead us into a week's hiatus. A lot of teams will take the break. Other teams will you know, schedule some tough games in between. We are scheduled to play Gross Point North. Um, gross versus Gross. We'll get to see some familiar faces in that game. Some guys I, I go way back with, like Drew and Brennan Hill. Excited for that one. Um, but plenty of games in between, just like every other game, or every every other team. Still on the edge of our seat, hoping that Northville and St. Mary's get to play before the year ends. Not sure if it'll happen, but hope they do. They might not have a choice but to, I think, right? Are they on the opposite sides, or, or what's what happens? They, I mean, there? I don't know exactly how the path would lay out in the playoffs, but I don't know if they're going to make up that game they had scheduled that's gotten banged twice. Yeah, well, that's tough. But anyway, any closing thoughts? No, man. Appreciate you all listening. Keep, uh, please continue to follow us on social media. If you don't already, we're at Cold Weather Bats. Please like and rate and subscribe to the show. That's always appreciated. Uh, Shouts out to Great Lakes Backco for sponsoring the Super 25 every week. And, um, yeah, I mean, let, here we go, man. I'm actually going to Canada for five days coming up, so – Gonna gonna get my Canadian baseball uh, itch Fixin'. scratch in that in that sense. See some northern boys just from across the border, and um, looking forward to to keeping an eye on what happens throughout the state this week. But uh, with that being said, Brando, that'll wrap up another episode of Cold Weather Bats for Brandon. I'm Brian. We'll talk to you next week. Woo!